What is up? And welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing here with you for episode 119. And uh, this episode is going to be a very short one today, probably only 10, maybe 15 minutes at most. Because A, I'm going solo, but B, as you're listening to this, I'm actually uh, on my honeymoon in Costa Rica right now. And as I'm recording, uh, my father-in-law is going to pick us up in about 30 minutes to go to the airport. So I got to get this one recorded, edited, and scheduled for Friday uh, so you guys can get that uh, that 10K pitches fix that, that you so crave uh, for your Friday morning. Um, but that also means some of this news might be a little bit out of date too. Uh, there might be some news that breaks, you know, later on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Obviously, we got the World Cup semifinals happening Tuesday and Wednesday that will have happened by the time you hear this, but haven't happened as we're recording here too. So um, bear with me here, um, as some of this may be, seem like old news, but it's new news as I'm recording this. So um, we'll get into that in just a second. But of course, 10K pitches presented by SodaSoccer.com, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. Um, and it is the off season, but we're still pumping out some great content. Uh, Matthew Johnson with a great piece, a great interview with uh, Minnesota Aurora president, Andrea Yoke about the team's decisions to maybe not move forward with their professional plans in 2024 and maybe, uh, you know, look ahead to maybe 2025 or, or further down the road so they can sort of do their due diligence and make sure they're doing it right. Uh, Andrea was very, very generous with her time and very forthcoming about the process as well. Um, and Matthew not only has that interview with Andrea, but he also kind of has the, the the reaction to Minnesota Aurora's news that they were not going to move forward with their 2024 professional plans. Um, so really good kind of uh, expose, not expose, a really good sort of outlining of that and uh, kind of getting into the process with Andrea. Uh, so that is up right now at sodasoccer.com for you to check out as well. And if you want to watch the World Cup final um, on Sunday, in the Twin Cities, Matthew Johnson also has a three-part series on the best places in the Twin Cities to watch the World Cup. Of course, biased here at 10,000 Pitches, Ninth uh, Street Soccer and Coffee is our favorite place to go watch the World Cup, but there's plenty of others, Utapils um, and others, so you can go and check that out at sodasoccer.com as well, that list of places to watch the World Cup final. Um you will know who's in the World Cup final when you listen to this. Uh, I do not, as I'm recording. So that's why I'm not mentioning any countries or names. Um, you can also follow us on socials at Asoda, S-O-C, primarily on Twitter. Also subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast if you have not. Uh, just a few headlines to get into this week. Uh, Kickstarting, as we always do with Minnesota United. Uh, they signed center back Daniil Henry off waivers. 29 years old, played with both Toronto FC and LAFC last season. 114 total MLS regular season appearances over nine seasons. So this is a very, uh, you know, pardon the pun, a very seasoned MLS player. Another seasoned MLS defender, depth signing that this team is bringing in. Uh, 44 caps with the Canadian national team and, of course, was on the roster for both their 2022 qualifying run and he was on that Canadian men's national team roster in Qatar for the World Cup as well. Um, so not only does he have MLS experience, he has national team experience aplenty too. Um, and finally, we get a center back under 30 on this team. Let's give a round of applause. Finally, 29 years old. He's almost 30, but he's not 30. So we're going to, we're going to take it. And I do want to say experience and depth combined is great. You need depth and, and ideally that depth comes with experience as well. And that's something they're doing on the back line. I think that's a net positive. 
but you need to complement that with younger talent that can make both a short and long-term impact. If this is, you know, as it stands right now, if this is your, your back line for 2023, I don't think that is going to be seen as a good thing by Minnesota United fans, nor, nor do I think should it. I think you need to try to get a younger piece. And I have heard um, through some conversations that they are maybe looking at a DP level center back out of Asia. Uh, that's all I really know at this point. I can't really uh, speculate any further. Um, so it does seem like that, that the effort is being made to get a younger piece along the back line that, that can you know step in next season order. Um, but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. If we get to January and nothing's really in play, um, you know, maybe not hit the panic button at that point, but I think it's time to start asking some some questions. But as of right now, it's very early, and I think the moves that they've made so far are positive, but you need to complement those experience, depth-type moves with younger starting caliber talent along the back line. That's something this team has desperately needed for a long time. they got to make that happen for 2023. Uh, and to increase kind of their, their standing in the Western Conference. Um, moving on to the Gophers, they made a signing of their own. Uh, grad transfer defender Jordy Rothwell is now with the University of Minnesota. She signed from Creighton, a three-year captain with the Blue Jays, played nearly every match over her four years there down in Omaha. 2022 let a lot of late leads and late ties slip away there in the Big Ten. And standings and a lot better record overall may have even helped, may have even been ranked by the end of the season and results into the 80 85th minute. But just it just seems like they could not hold on to that and either lock up those wins or lock up those draws. They let they let points and they let results get away late in matches against high-level competition. I think somebody like Jordy Rothwell coming in to solidify the back line for 2023 um, is a good, positive way to move towards um, you know, being able to defend for all 90 minutes and see out those results. Um, a couple of notes on Minnesota-born players or Minnesota-bred uh, players. Uh, Minneapolis' own McQuelly Akale officially out of contract with South Georgia, Georgia Tormenta. If you recall, he signed with Tormenta late in the 2022 season over the last couple months and actually helped lead them to the USL League One title. Um, he was a very, very big contributor for that team, started or either started or played significant minutes off the bench in nearly every match after he was signed late in the season. And uh, the team announced they are in discussions, though, with select out-of-contract players about returning for 2023. But as of now, Akale is a free agent. Paging forward Madison, McQuarrie Akali is a free agent, somebody you could use. Just saying, just saying. Uh, would be nice to see him uh, here in the in the north. Um, and then one final note uh, on the news front. Medina native Caden Clark has been listed sort of on the short list of players who could break into that USMNT 2026 World Cup roster. Again, very young, uh, showed a lot of promise in 2020. Uh, you could say he's maybe taken a step back over these last couple of years, but he's moving to Leipzig now. And um, he's going to you know, obviously get uh, some really great training there. Maybe he can break into the roster um, as well and maybe get, get some time on the field in the Bundesliga. Obviously, I think that would be huge uh, for him as well. 
Um, but very interested to see where he factors in in this U.S. player pool as we head not only into the 2026 World Cup in four years, we have Copa America before then, just a couple of years as well. Uh, we'll see what the next few years hold for Caden Clark and if he's on that roster for those big tournaments. And then this is our one final note here on the podcast this week. I told you it's going to be very, very short. Um, but I did kind of want to speak on the uh, the tragic, unfortunate passing of Grant Wall. Uh, we lost him, um, I believe it was last Friday. Um, he uh, had fallen unconscious. Um, some people say there, there was an article from somebody who was actually in the press box. Some say he was having some sort of seizure or, or, or heart attack episode. Um, either way, that happened in the press box at the very end of the Argentina-Netherlands quarterfinal. And um, he, they, they were not able to, to save him, not able to revive him. He passed away at the age of 48. Um, way, 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 way too young. Um, and Grant is somebody, people my age, their soccer fandom, at least at some level, is tied to Grant Wall. For some people, it's very tied to Grant Wall. For some people, they were reading him every single week in Sports Illustrated for you know the, the 15 years, 18 years, whatever, however long he was there, however long he was covering soccer at, at Sports Illustrated. I think it was the better part of 15 years. A lot of people my age were reading him every single week because he was the only one writing about soccer at that level, near that level. He was like the only soccer journalist for such a long time here in the states. Um, I I was not I was not one of those people. I kind of get got into soccer late, uh, um, so I you know I'm I'm not I was not an avid decade long reader of, of Grant Wall. But you can even somebody like me cannot ignore what Grant meant to American soccer. He helped bring it into the forefront. This is a guy who broke, um, who wrote the cover story introducing LeBron James to the world. This is the guy who is, who covered multiple final fours during his time as a college basketball writer. People knew him and people read him even before he kind of started getting into soccer. And so by getting, he was able to kind of bring those, that casual fan, over and introduce them to soccer in America and let them know that it's actually pretty freaking interesting. It's not the, the, the fledgling um, redheaded stepchild that maybe it's made out to be. And he did that for a very long time, whether it was at sports illustrated, whether it was at Fox, whether it was with his just incredible newsletter at grantwell.com that he had right before he passed away. I think he had just announced um, you know, maybe a week before or so before his passing that he had eclipsed over 3,000 paid subscribers on grantwell.com. If you do the math, he was doing really well for himself and it was well-deserved. And you know he was willing to take on the tough topics. You, know, you saw it right there in Qatar talking about the death of migrant workers, talking about their anti-LGBT um, laws that they have in place there. Grant was a titan, man. He was an absolute titan of this industry. American soccer would not be what it is without Grant Wall. Full stop. And it's so sad that he is gone. But I, I do think the legacy he leaves on people on the you see the on Twitter the, the constant tweets and stories and messages about. Grant Wall helping these people, not only helping himself, right? Not only, you know, doing what was best for him and his career, but he was always willing to take the time to help elevate other people, even if they were with a competing uh, outlet 
or a competitor of, of Sports Illustrated's or Fox's or whatever. He was willing to stop and help those people out because he knew that a high tide helps all ships rise. Every single person, if he can help in some way, elevate them to prominence, that's going to help elevate the game itself to prominence. The more quality people writing about the game, discussing the game, um, covering the game, the more it's going to be respected and the better it's going to be for it. Grant knew that. He understood that. And he always took the time to make sure to help others who were trying to break into the, to the business. Um, the Football with Grant Wall podcast, uh, Chris Whittingham, his supporter, and his supporter, his producer, I'm sure he was a supporter, uh, producer and co-host of that podcast did a very, uh, it was basically like a, a, an eight-minute eulogy of Grant Wall in that uh, in that podcast. That's going to bring a tear to your eye, but if you want to hear that, you can go to the Football with Grant Wall feed. Um, the Cooligans also did a very, very good tribute. You'll actually you'll, you'll laugh a little bit during that. They brought a little bit of their humor to that. Um, it was I think it was it was very needed when I was listening to that to kind of have a little bit of you know telling telling some stories about Grant Wall that would put a smile on your face and kind of make you laugh a little bit. So those are two podcast episodes I would suggest: Football with Grant Wall. And, uh, and the Cooligans, if you want to just learn more about who Grant Wall was and his impact on other people. But obviously, uh, his wife, Celine, I can only imagine what, what she's going through right now. His whole family, his brother, Eric. Um, it's just so sad and unfortunate. But he he leaves. He left it a better place than he found it. He, the, the soccer, the world, the soccer world specifically, was better for having Grant Wall. And his legacy will be felt for decades and decades and decades to come. And I think that's something that at least I can take a little bit of comfort in knowing that he had made his impact and he had made his mark um, in that before leaving us all way, 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 way too soon. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of 10,000 Pitches. Thank you guys so much for listening. No 10K stoppage time this week because uh, Dominic uh, is just me solo. So no Dominic means no stoppage time. Uh, but please do, if you if you want to contribute to what we're doing at sodasoccer.com and here with the 10,000 Pitches podcast, please consider supporting our work. Please consider supporting our sponsors as well. Pence Homes, Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, Stimulus Athletic. Um, go to the partners page at sodasoccer.com and learn more about them and just help support the people who support what we do. And if you want to go to patreon.com slash sodasoccer and lend your direct support as well, we would uh, we would very much appreciate that and be, be super, I mean, beyond appreciative of that, beyond grateful for your support. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back. Normal, normal episode coming with Jeremy and Dominic next week here on 10,000 Pitches. Have a great weekend, everybody.